Welcome to the Art of Appointment Setting podcast, where we ask today's most successful experts and entrepreneurs to share the most powerful lead generation and appointment setting tactics they use to build their business and grow their revenues. Now your host from the city that never sleeps, New York, is Kwesi Sachi Jinnah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining the conversation today. This is Kwesi Sachi Jinnah, and my guest today is Zev Ash. Uh, Zev is the owner of Ledaza Incorporated, which is an outsourced marketing agency based in New York. Um, Zev has spent his, his, spent his entire career in what he calls the trenches of small business. Uh, so from his father's gro- corner grocery store in Israel to building businesses all over the world. And uh, he's been very instrumental in growing several multi-million dollar companies in industries like IT, medical devices, manufacturing, and even laundry operations. Uh, his, his recent uh, book was titled, Are You Sure About That? And it actually made its Amazon hot sellers uh, list. He's also an adjunct professor of marketing at Toro, Toro College Graduate School of Business and on the faculty of MED Education Group, which is one of the largest private, privately held universities in Asia. Right. Before we start our conversation, I want to take a moment to acknowledge one of our partners for today's episode, AGM. AGM is a B2B agency that helps you scale your business using LinkedIn. They have LinkedIn training, LinkedIn lead generation, LinkedIn recruiting, LinkedIn advertising services, and so much more. The company has been featured on the BB. BC, Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post, and so many others. Right now, AGM is offering all of our listeners a free LinkedIn audit. Just go to abrahamglobal.com. That is abrahamglobal.com to reserve your session right now. So, uh, Zeth, thanks so much for joining the conversation today. I'm really excited about this. My pleasure. Yeah. So you and I, you and I connected uh, last year, sometime mid last year, and then in fall, and, and we had a chance to have a lot of different conversations. And I, I really enjoyed some of your perspectives on marketing and sales and customer service, especially in relation to small businesses, and how you have using these kind of three pillars to actually drive a lot of value for them. And in this conversation, I wanted to delve into the nuances of marketing techniques in a little bit, uh, but before we do that you know I, I love the book uh, on Amazon uh, the title is really fascinating I think people should check it out uh, it's called are you sure about that so I want to kick off this this chat and ask what do you feel that you know in in the marketing landscape today leaders are not sure about when it comes to you know marketing channels or even marketing in general so if we sort of piggyback off the title of of the book um, uh, it, there's a questions that um, I tend to ask people when I do workshops in public speaking. And uh, we're, so we're on a podcast and nobody can see me, but I do have some white hairs in my beard. And so um, I'm kind of proud of, of being a, a byproduct of the pre-internet generation uh, who made a transition into, into where we are today. And the question is always, um, you know, pre-internet world, Compared to today, when was it uh, much easier to do business? Was it back then, 25 years ago, or is it today? Um, Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, without exception, almost everyone answers that today is so much easier to do business with. 
And so, so of, of course, my, my immediate answer is, are you sure about that? Right. And, and the mm-hmm. reason for it, it is, it's not the right answer. So I'm a marketing guy. I don't believe that there are right or wrong answers in what I do. Marketing is a science and I think we'll, we'll probably get into it a little bit later. Um, but I, I can tell you as, as someone who started his business career before the internet and is doing a lot of work today, um, 25 plus years ago was way easier than today. And, mm-hmm. and the simple reason is, is that our competitors have access to every single tool that we have. And the end result is our potential clients, whether it's business to business consumers, doesn't matter, um, are being bombarded with nonstop information and sell stuff. So the challenge that we have today, which is incredibly difficult, is how do you rise above the noise? How do you differentiate yourself? Um, how do you distinct yourself from all the stuff that's coming at our client and prospects all day long? So that's really the challenge that, that I think we face, 21st century challenge, without being too philosophical. And it is um, incredibly challenging and difficult. Mm. I really love that, you know, we're starting this conversation and, you know, there's so much noise out there. How do you differentiate yourself? It's a really good point. And I think that, you know, one of the things I'm also very conscious of is, you know, being very focused when it comes to marketing channels. So the, the rule of one, uh, you pick one ma- one channel, one marketing channel that you want to execute on and take massive amounts of action for, let's say, 90 days. Um, but just like you mentioned, the way you, you, you probably would differentiate yourself is it, it comes, the core of it comes down to intentionality. So I want you to speak to how important is it to become very intentional when it comes to marketing, especially today when there's so much options, so many options that you can, you can actually choose from? So th- that's, that's a great question. So years ago, uh, and I spent almost 40% of, of my career traveling internationally. And when the airlines started to actually uh, get some more of our demographics as passengers, uh, I was one of those guys because I was traveling so much, I was able to upgrade and, and you know, sometimes sit in business class. Um, and one of the things that was fascinating about the, the adaptability of what was going on by the airlines is that I was, I would be sitting in seat 2B and the flight attendant would come over and say, Mr. Ash, is it, is it Coke, no ice? Um, so when it comes to intentionality and then the word you use for me, uh, and, and by the way, I am rarely, if ever going to use any jargon. I'm a very straightforward, simple, uh, person. So to me, it's, it's, it's more about, do you know your customers, right? If you really, truly know the makeup and the personality and the habits and the behavior patterns and the way they make decisions, you really have to be intimate with your customers and, and customers has an S at the end because we all have different types of customers, different types Mm -hmm. of prospects. So, um, when we talk about marketing campaigns and I think the word you use intentionality, uh, it's really marketing to segments of your audience that you want to attract to do business with you. So uh, I, I would say I would use the words intimacy as opposed to intentionality. Uh, yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Right? <laughs> right? So if, if you're not intimate with, with the people you're trying to attract, 
then um, you're just going to be like everybody else. Right? You, mm. become, you become a commodity. Um, you know, one person that uh, I sort of imprinted on many, many years ago, and I continue to follow him, he's, he's sort of my mentor. His name is Seth Godin. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've read every word he wrote. I follow him like a groupie. If he's in town, I will be there. He's awesome. Uh, he's, he's to me is, is truly the, the marketing genius of our generation. And Seth wrote a book a long time ago called purple cows and, mm-hmm. and purple cows is the essence of, of really what I'm talking about is, is identifying, uh, your, your clients but also differentiating yourself in a way that will allow them to remember you or to notice you. Mm. I really, I really like the term intimacy. So part of how you become very intentional with, you know, how you want to go about marketing is uh, knowing the kind of customers that you have. And I can imagine that by intimacy, you mean, you know, getting to not only know them from a persona whiteboarding session point of view, but also actually being able to have conversations with them to really understand what they're looking for. Is this correct? Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, I, I, when I speak with our clients, um, my, my, I have two, two very simple, straightforward questions that are incredibly difficult to answer. The first Mm -hmm. question is what business are you in? And the second question mm. is, why should I buy from you? Right. Just, just straightforward, mm. because ultimately, uh, you know, as business owners, we have to be able to answer that question. So mm-hmm. when the, what business are we in is uh, I teach a whole class on that. So I think we're going to skip that part, but the, why, why should I buy from you goes to differentiation. And so when I ask someone the question, the caveat is, when you answer, you cannot use an answer that easily can be easily duplicated by one of your competitors. So hmm. the, the answer can't be because I take care of my customers, because we provide great service, because we have quality. That's not a good answer for you. Right. No, no, those are those are totally irrelevant answers ah. because everybody else says the same thing. Right. right? Um, you know, one, one great exercise is in, you know, one of my specialties are websites and I go to a website and, um, I can pretty much tell, I call websites your business DNA. I can tell almost everything about any business when I look at their websites and it's astonishing how many of them just look the same, sound the same, read the same. So if we go back to, you know, purple cow, if you go back to, what is the true answer of why I should do business with you? It can't be what I've heard before and what I'm going to see in my inbox tomorrow. Uh, it needs to be something that truly differentiates you. But that's what we... Could you, could you give an example? I'm curious to know how you'd want to position it. So, so let's, pick, let's pick a business. You, you randomly pick a business and I'll, I'll try and, and walk us through it. Well, let's say a manufacturing company that produces solar panels, for example. Okay. So, so we can, we can just, you know, kind of like cut the line and get to the head of line by answering the Mm -hmm. question. Before we get to answer the question, we really have to go through and create that level of intimacy with our prospective buyer by first understanding what are the issues that face them when they go to select the solar panel for their roof. Let's say it's residential, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What do they care about? Do they care about cost? Do they care about longevity? Do they care about the warranty? 
Do they care about the level of savings that, that going through the process and installing ugly solar panels on the roof um, is going to, um, to deliver to them? So by, by going through the process of truly understanding who your customer is, what makes them tick, how do they think, uh, what is the process that they go by to evaluate a buying decision? Um, mm-hmm. When you actually spend the time, and it and it takes a lot of effort. It's not just sitting around and and rolling your eyes, staring at the ceiling, and saying, "I think it is." No, the best way to do it is to go ask them. It is obviously mm-hmm. we could do research first, but ultimately the best answer is to go talk to prospective buyers. Right. So, how do you, mm-hmm. why did you decide to buy solar? You know, what are the things that are going to influence your buying decision? What do you really care about? So um, when you go through that process and you, and again, back to intimacy, you truly understand the person that you would like to buy from you, then, mm. then you can then match what is differentiating and unique about your own business uh, based on what you've learned in terms of how they're going to make a decision. So we know that when we buy products, obviously the quality and longevity of solar panels is critical. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to spend and I happen to have I, I've gone through the process of actually looking into it. So right. it sounds really good. Right. Your, your electric bills are going to drop tremendously, but mm-hmm. it's it's pretty expensive to install them. And there's a 10, 15, 20 year buyout period. We actually finance the roof. So it's not, a, you know, the the temptation of saving money on electric bills is there. That's the reason to start looking. But there, it's a, it's way more complicated than that. So for me, if I was a consumer buying solar panels, I, I would like to know, you know, what are the hidden costs that are involved in in installing the roof? Is everything inclusive? Um, what is the the warranty behind behind the roofs? And for me, uh, people throw numbers at you in terms of savings, uh, and I said, okay, I would like to get an actual projected estimate that is not mm-hmm. a guarantee, but as close to reality in terms of what am I going to save on a monthly basis if I right. invest in. So uh, it's, it's not so much that my solar panels are better than yours, right? I could come up with all kinds of things where they're made in the US and there's a lifetime warranty. And if anything ever happens, I'll replace it. Chances are every other manufacturer is going to say pretty much the same things. The, the, so, so what if what if you're just starting from scratch? You have zero customers, and you still want to build a business. How do you how do you craft something that is unique and still resonate with uh, the potential market you're going after? So, again, great question. Um, I, I started a business, but the business is going to need customers, and mm-hmm. then I now have to go through the the rigorous, time consuming effort of developing, this is a term we use in marketing, uh, you know, the personas or the different types of customers that I'm going to attract to my business. And they don't all want the same thing. They might have completely different uh, thought patterns and decision-making process and needs that drive their decision to buy from me. So we kind of segment them. We put them in buckets of, it could, let's just say generally, you know, younger, middle-aged, older people, they all operate differently. They all make decisions completely differently based on different criteria. Uh, Right. um, So first we define the different segments of the population that we want to attract. Once we get to understand 
what are their what are the challenges they face? What problems are we solving? What are the the benefits that we provide to them? The mistakes that many marketers or, or business owners do is they forget that marketing is an emotional science. It's all about the benefits that your product or service provide to your customers. It's, it might start with something tangible, but there's always an emotional benefit behind it. And that's what we have to define when we, when we create those, those segments of customers. When we understand them, there might be a different message of why buy for me from one segment to another simply because mm. that message addresses what, what it is that they care about. It's, it's, it's not like a one size fits all, right? I'm, I'm, no. always, I'm always telling people that, you know, marketing, to a lot of people, marketing seems like real easy, right? Oh, you want to do marketing? Sure. So we'll do some email, we'll do some social media postings, we'll send some postcards. Um, I wish it was that easy because everybody else does mm. that. that that's, that's not what marketing is about. I, I, Wholly, wholeheartedly believe that marketing is a science mm-hmm. uh, and it's a science where we continuously test, we measure, we test, we see what works, we stop doing what doesn't work, we adjust the things that work and make them even better. Uh, and, and the reason we have to do this is because, because the way we started the conversation, right? Our potential customers and prospects are inundated with information and offers all day long. It is I actually, I actually love you know what you said about marketing being an emotional science, and and on the on the other side, you have to also uh, have the capability to you know see what's working and what's not. I feel that those two components alone has created a lot of friction between marketing and sales in a lot of businesses for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I'm just curious to know from you. How, how do you, you know, in your work with businesses over the past couple of years, um, how do you align marketing, which is very personal, which is very emotional in a way? How do you align it with sales, which is very uh, numbers involved and, hey, we want to get the ROI involved in any kind of marketing we do? Right. So I th- you mentioned something before that, um, you know, I've got, and, and I, that's what I've done in, in my career. I've always been embraced what I call the three pillars of growth in any business. So marketing, sales, and customer service. Uh, In a very simple term, um, even though marketing sounds sophisticated and and very complicated, ultimately the role of marketing is very simple, is drive new leads and new customers into your door. That's that's my job. Every marketing campaign, everything we do in marketing is to generate qualified, interested people who will show up on the website, will answer an email, will will pick up an article, whatever the story is. That's marketing. When I get them through the door and someone picks up the phone or answers the email, uh, now we're in a sales room, right? I need to take that lead, that perspective by the interested person, and I have to convert them into a paying customer. That's, you know, that's less of a science, but it's still a process that needs to be ironed out and, and buttoned down in a very efficient process with every business. Because what I've seen in the six years that I've been working with small businesses, the majority of failures happen between when the lead comes in to no one followed up and no one converted that lead into a customer. Mm. That's, that's a huge bottleneck or huge failure by, by many businesses. Everybody wants the new inquiries and the new leads, 
but they're not paying enough attention to what do we do with them? Did we address them? Did we respond quickly? Did we convert them to customers? And now that so we... Do you feel it's a, it's a communication uh, kind of problem? Or no, it, it's a process. It's, it's, it's a process problem. It's a, gotcha. lack, it's a lack of a process, in-house process mm. in a system that mm. allows everybody to be focused on, on, on the mission, which is... All this money we spent on marketing that generated leads, someone needs to mm-hmm. go talk to them. And and, <laughs> right. if, and if everybody is like me, I'm I'm the world's toughest customer. If I send an inquiry, if I respond to an email, or I click on a chat, and I'm very impatient, if I don't get a response right away, to me the message is, I don't really care. I've got mm. other people to take care of. Then I'm gone. You know why? Because. We all have other options. That's the universe we live in. It's, there's almost, there's no one that I know that mm-hmm. has a monopoly on a particular service or product where no one has a choice, right? The, no mm-hmm. one's out there. And again, I'm talking about in a small business world. Uh, even if we talk about Amazon, which is one of my favorite companies to do business with, uh, they're not perfect. And if I don't, if I choose not to do, buy something from Amazon, I have options. It's not, it's not the end of the world. It's there. I choose to do business with them. And if they fail me, I have options. But to go back to your question, um, the failures on converting leads into customers is a lack of a process in a system. And, you know, and a very, very big part of the work that I do with small business owners is not just the marketing, but I say, look, I want to make sure that I see the process and I want to meet the person that's going to answer the email, pick up the Mm. phone. I'd like to see you know, their engagement, you know, the words they use, the the process that they follow in order to engage with that person. Now, when the person converts to a paying customer, now comes my favorite part and, and sort of like my mantra, the role of customer service is to provide paying customers with the type of buying experience and doing business experience that never, ever gives them a reason to even think about going somewhere else. Mm. Uh, and again, we live in a world that's very impatient. That's, you know, one click and one swipe, they're gone and they went somewhere else. So right. that's why I said it is incredibly challenging today to keep those three all aligned because they're all related leads, sales, customer service. And if you have an in-house process in a system that is efficient and to me, it's consistent, uh, then your business will grow. Right. But Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I feel that those three pillars are, are so important. And I think there's so many variables involved, just like you mentioned. And I, I know we can just go on and on with this conversation. Actually, we might have, have you back on the, on the show so we can talk about some of the tactics you found to be very helpful in the past. Yep. Um, but so where can people learn more about your work right now? Um, where can they engage with you? Are you on social media? Uh, so I'm, I'm on social media, but I think the best, the best place for me, um, I spend a lot of time on my website and it's, it's truly my voice that comes across. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little uncomfortable sticking my photo on the website because I tend to be kind of a humble guy. Uh, <laughs> uh but at the same time, uh, I, I would say one thing quasi, which, which I, I meant to bring up the, what I've seen in the past six years as the biggest challenge that my potential client face uh, is the, the chase of uncer- the chase of guaranteed outcomes. Right? Um, everybody wants to tell you, look. So if I give you, if I spend money and hire you, can you guarantee results? 
Mm. And and the answer is, of course not. Right? It, it just it's just not realistic to even think that way. And if you if it, if you'll agree that marketing is not is not an exact science, but it is a science where we're dealing with people's behaviors and people that are busy that have many many options at their fingertips on a daily basis. They're overwhelmed with information. They're stressed out, and now we show up and say, "Hey, by the way, would you like to buy something?" It doesn't mm. work that way. So um, the fact that a lot of business owners on one side have been burnt by bad marketing, they spent mm-hmm. thousands of dollars on things that just didn't produce result, and so the answer is maybe we shouldn't do it. Maybe it's too much. Maybe it doesn't work. Mm. Um, so the the quest for for certainty and guarantees. Uh, I see it more more than I've seen it 20 years ago, because I think there's a little a, a, a pretty significant level of discomfort with marketing because it's relatively complicated. There's so many tools to choose right. from. Right? Do I use Facebook? Do I use Instagram? Do I use email? Right. Uh, it, it's but so what you need is someone by your side, which would be me, uh, mm. who can see things from the outside looking in, completely unbiased, with a very objective viewpoint. And the first thing that I do with my clients is what I call 360 degree vital business assessment. I spend four weeks digging into all aspects of the business. And at the end of the four week, I present the owner a report that tells them how their business is doing. Primarily from a marketing perspective, but also from a sales, customer service. I interview clients, I interview vendors, I interview the employees. Um, And these are things that, uh, you know, business owners typically don't do or don't like Mm -hmm. to do. But that's the first step. Where are we? What are the things that we need to improve? Let's do that before we start going out and, and bringing in new customers. Right. I, so, I love this. So, this, this is so good. This is so good. But I, I know we just run out of time, but yeah. we're going to get you back on the show so we can, we can delve deeper into the 360 marketing uh, tech team that you have and, and others as well. Thanks so much, Dad. So, so, Quasi, the website was www.ledaza.com. L-E-D-A-Z-A. Gotcha. I'll, I'll also put it in the show notes so people can easily access that. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much, Zev. Thanks so Cheers. much. It was great. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art of Appointment Setting podcast with Kwesi Sachi Jinai. Find out more about how to get high-value appointments at Catalyze.io. And while you're there, check out the free resources for appointment setting and be listening for the next episode of the Art of Appointment Setting podcast.